Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Brooke uh, and I have been working out more. Well, we have been working out forever, but we've been rolling our bodies out on foam rollers lately. I know, Brooke, you talked to me about this. Um, sure. I got, a, I got a harder one than normal, and it's I just ba- it's just basically like 10-minute um, segments of torture I put my body through now. Have you have you noticed this with the foam rolling? <laughs> oh, it really it really hurts. Like it's supposed to be good for you, but why do I scream when I use the foam? Ro- like a foam roller sounds so pleasant, right? Like yeah, pl- I had pl-ish. a lower a lower density one that was shorter, like a travel size. I've been using forever, and now mm. I have a longer, harder one. Thank you very much, because that's how I like it now, apparently. But uh, it's just basically me like wildly screaming from the other room if you were to be in the same house with me. So but as Dr. Nunez says, our 3D chiropractor, don't keep the pain in. Let it out vocally. <laughs> Let it out vocally. And he says, uh, what does he say? Two people with a common goal. <laughs> Something, something. He's got a lot of, he's got a book that's, Ken, he's got a book in his office that's by him. It's called How to Keep Chiropractors Off Your Back. Am I oh, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We love this guy. He's pretty excellent. You know, um, the, does. Uh, they're not actual doctors. Yeah, I know. He is, though. I he think he, was, he did pulmonary things. Oh, so he's a, a medical time. doctor and then switched he to government. He is a medical yeah. doctor and then, like, found this practice. But yeah, he definitely, you call him Dr. Nunez. You don't call him by, like, Dr. Nick or, like, Dr. Phil. Or, I mean, those are different doctors. Well, can you, you know, call like, him like, by do- their first name? He, he's not Dr. Nooner. No. Doctor, no. Oh, man. Sutness. Maybe I'll say that yeah. next time I'm in there. Um, the end. Just trying to fix our broken so what, bodies. What is a foam roller? Oh, a foam roller is like a cylinder of like hardened foam at different densities from light to soft, and you roll your muscles out on it. So it's so, like a Coke bottle that you're like rubbing on your legs? Kind of, yeah. And you're going in like specifically like uh, IT bands. If those get tightened up, if your hips get tightened up, if your glutes are sore, it's basically going in and like, you know, smashing all the bad out of your body. So you're, so to you're speak. tenderizing yourself, basically. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I mean, and it's and then, you know, if you want to army hammer and eat yourself, you can do that, too. <laughs> if that's what you if that's your kink. Well, welcome to Sidework Podcast. Here, we're just blabbing away already because Ken Reed is here. First of all, I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. 
And I'm your other host, Brooke Van Poplin. And today joining us as a third co-host is our buddy, Kenry. Hello. There he is. Sorry about my dogs. You, you may hear them in the background. They Oh, we're, yeah. we also have dogs that we have dealt with barking for years now yeah, on, our, on our podcast. Yeah. Gosh, so Ken, I feel like we've spaced you out where it's like you've been in each calendar year of the podcast so far which has been great you were our last guest before we all went into hiding we were so, talking about that earlier i was still, yeah. we were trying to figure that out yeah i think i was i think this was the last show i guessed it on in person out of oh anything. yeah and i i remember setting up the room where we were all roughly six feet away from each other yeah it, in my front room indoors no masks and he had just gotten off a plane yeah and brian was like i was like he can hide in the corner with me no problem like we'll be sitting next to each other oh my god yep we were so and young you then we were so also young. yeah and you were going to like big parties and shows that week right ken a like a bunch you were just- of stuff got canceled though yeah so like i had planned like i had normally i will do I'd be out there pretty much the whole month of March and the whole month of October. And I'd do like 25 episodes of my show and then like yes. do a bunch of other shows. And I think I did like six and then <laughs> ended up going home early. Like I, I like feel like I barely got out of Burbank airport. It was like getting out a helicopter out of the, off the roof. Basically it was Seriously. no one at the airport. You know, the guy Fury snack shacks were all locked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That's yeah. why I travel. Yeah, it was, it was scary, but yeah, I, I haven't. I, I literally got home from the airport, drove home, parked my car, and have not left my house since then. You just get out. You <laughs> just go. You gotta go turn your car on every few weeks to make sure the battery life is still good. And yeah. that's about as big of exciting of a nightlife you got now, Ken. Uh. I bought. I bought a tent. I had a cabin tent in my backyard for a while. Uh, that was pretty exciting. Okay. It was a three room tent with a porch and everything. <laughs> So if I want to like go to my summer place, like oh, go go to the cabin for a couple you, hours. You, you kept telling everyone, "I'll be on the Cape. I'll yep. be on the Cape." Now, I don't get self service there. Yeah, I'm like, where did you cover up all the furniture in your normal house with sheets when you like were going out to the to the backyard, <laughs> like to winterize it so the dust didn't get to the furniture? Yeah, I had someone come and watch the dogs uh, for a couple hours. <laughs> well, neighborhood kid, he's a good kid though. I think he went through my drawers, but uh. <laughs> but I don't think he took nothing. Um, yeah, no, it, it was a it was a nice little respite for a bit, but that was about as far as I went. Right on, right on. Um, and real quick, I want to remind our listeners that Ken has a great podcast called TV Guidance Counselor. Oh, thank you. That yeah, you guys can absolutely go check him out. All the places you get the podcasts. And then Andrea and I are curious: how's the weather? Huh? How's your it East is, Coast? Uh, how's your East Coast behaving right now? Very cold, very icy. Uh, the whole we had like just rain yesterday, and then an instant freeze. So everything's covered, oh, and yeah. like just a layer of ice. That's it's no good. Very slippery, and then we're getting snow tonight. So it'll be that snow oh. on top of ice where you don't know it's there. Uh, yeah, the black ice isn't that kind of yep. also what that's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is no so good at all. It's once again uh, the time of year when I go. Why do I still live here? <laughs> right. But this year specifically, and like, you know, very thankful here to be west of the Rockies, but basically everything east of the Rockies is a total shit show yeah. uh, currently. Um, I cannot believe Texas is like getting pummeled over and over again yeah. with no power. 
Well, they don't have uh, infrastructure. Like when I, no, right. of course. I remember when I I one it was like the second or third time I moved to the UK. Um, but they had like literally an inch of snow in London, and mm-hmm. they shut everything down. The train was shut down. The airport was shut down. And I was like, at one point, I was like, just get me a shovel, and I'll just do it. Like <laughs> I'll, this is, yeah. I'll be the like <laughs> yeah. the hero that you all didn't it. know yeah. you needed, really, John Henry. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, we don't have snow shovels. Like we don't, we don't have snow shovels. We don't have like ice melt. We don't have plows. Like we don't have the stuff to take care right. of this. You just need to like scatter fish, salty fish and chips all over the streets and yeah. that will melt everything. Yeah. Then the birds will come and clean it all up. It's a no brainer. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the drunks either or, yep. um, I, I, I just want to, yeah, absolutely shout out to our Texas listeners. We hope you're okay. We hope you're hanging in there. Also you- like. The Louisiana, Alabama, like anybody who's getting pummeled. Holy shit, what a mess. Right. Just just the idea that, you know, houses in California are not winterized, you know. So I can imagine that specifically in states like Texas and Louisiana, like you guys aren't built for that kind of weather. And it, we laugh at people who don't know how to react around snow, but it's very real. If you didn't grow up with the knowledge of how you drive your car, how you stay, like as as simple as it is to stay warm, you know, right. that people really don't get it. And so I am thankful that I was born and raised in the Arctic Midwestern tundra of uh, Michigan and then spent some years in Chicago because you get your cold game on, you know? Oh, polar vortex. Omaha getting like hit super duper hard. It was like negative 35 wind chill yesterday there. Ooh, what the F? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. brutal. Um Yeah, we've all had said, okay, all ahead, of us sorry. all of us have had frozen hair at some point. That's oh, the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the way to that's school. That's like my entire high school career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> frozen nose hairs. Oh yeah. Or, that's a real thing too. We had a eyelashes. Kid, eyelashes. Yes, eyes froze together. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, we did an episode last week about like, oh, my God, how is Valentine's Day service going to be, you know, this year, considering that like every state has, you know, anywhere from still not open to outdoors only to 25 percent capacity indoors to the full blown situation. And that's just always the biggest, most nightmarish, uh, you know, night of service in the industry. And I was just seeing a lot of reports back that the weather on top of the pandemic hit and completely thwarted all the Valentine's Day plans. Uh, There was a chef who was showing his timestamp that he like clocked in at seven in the morning for all the V-Day prep and then showed his ticket. He was cut at 630 that evening on Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. You know, Uh, so I think, you know, when your restaurant's flooding or being snowed in or you have icicles indoors, probably not going to have a big ring that night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of me is like, good, you know, but obviously food waste is bad. Prep people aren't like making the money they wanted to. But it's, right. I'm just kind of like, shut it down, nature. You know, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. Well, at least at. the food is staying, is staying well chilled. So yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, those so oysters true. aren't going bad. That's Ooh, for no. sure. Um, and if you were a server, we're curious to hear how it went for you. If you did do the service, uh, the old Valentine's Day shift, let us know. If you got called out or if it went well, we're always curious. So uh, send it in. Um, real quick, want to thank our newest Patreon member, Emma Brown. We see you. Hey, girl. Hi. Hello, Emma. 
when you were ever working as a server, did you ever have to get involved in somebody's like proposal or anything oh, yes. like that? Oh, of yes. course. Uh, yeah, it's like basically your job not to fuck it all. Yeah, you've up. been conscripted into their special moment. It's like the worst thing on earth. Yeah, I've, like if you don't if you don't hit like your mark perfectly to like bring the cake with the ring or bring yeah. the whatever, like you know. I've said no before. I've been like, go to that. You go sit over there. I'm not doing. <laughs> I'm like, I, I I don't know. I got into a situation where I had to do some role playing where I was told to start flirting with the guy and the girl got jealous and then she got really mad at me. But then he was like, baby, she's just a no good slut. You're the only one for me and popped open. I'm just kidding. No, no one did, oh. you know. Why you're See, so I, good at acting, but I also that <laughs> I totally you. believe some dude would do that. But that's the kind that's of. When, yeah. I believe it. No, it's it's literally like you're like I'm your server. I'm not a wedding planner. I I don't I don't know you guys. I cannot believe you're putting this responsibility on me. Yeah. This is fucking crazy. That would be like the moment if that actually really happened. That would be the minute that I'd go like all Shakespearean and like the like the the the, the sheriff and Romeo and Juliet and be like a plague on both y'all houses, and then I would run away. Yeah. Um. Because fuck those people that did don't exist but mine too much i just i just stand there and start weeping and go i just got a divorce uh, i just got a divorce because it's true i'm a divorcee yeah. uh, you guys subscribe rate review please if you haven't well, apparently we're still holding a contest who can do the best we'll, review we'll wrap um, it up at the end of this month and then we'll send yeah. out the prize yeah, first prize, awesome t-shirt, second and third prize, awesome posters, fourth prize, uh, if you really somebody wants it, still eligible, fart in a jar, fourth prize. <laughs> but we'll we'll give you that prize the next time you go out to eat. We'll get there early. We'll go to your <laughs> server and be like, okay. We have It'll be like a very molecular gastronomy amuse-bouche, yep. if you will. Yep. <laughs> you open it at the table and get your appetite going. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, this is the course. <laughs> oh, oh. oh my god you guys well let's jump into some headlines shall okay. we awesome first headline you guys just fyi out of la eater la county restaurant workers us are considered essential and will be dubbed to get their vaccines da, 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 da. um this will roll out in a few weeks so if you're not in L.A., wherever you are, if you're in a big city, that's kind of where things are leaning. But here is a list of other areas that are vaccinating. So some counties in Arizona, I assume it's like a Flagstaff Phoenix situation, Chicago, Colorado, the whole state's doing it. Detroit, which we've talked about before. Same with Long Beach has been mentioned. Massachusetts is doing it. Um, all of New York. Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. That's the list we have compiled as of now, but that is ever changing. Um, yeah. The hope is that all of this will just be like uptick, uptick to get all of you to be essential workers and get vaccinated as soon as possible. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like a lot of indoor dining is popping back up, like in Washington State, there's reopening with no immediate plans to inoculate workers. So we certainly hope that like the scales even out pretty quickly before shit gets messy. I was uh, you may have already uh, covered this in a previous episode, but um, how most of the people going out to these restaurants are like the shittiest people on Earth. In addition yeah. to putting you because like who who's going out to these things? It's assholes, right? Like, 
Yeah, I sometimes I think it is, but also I think it's people who like think that like they're doing good for the community by like supporting their local restaurants, which like in turn is good, but I just like do to go and tip, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, or yeah, that's what I did. Like, cause I, I was, what was I reading? Someone was saying like sexual harassment's way up from yep. servers and oh, all that yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, we. Um, mm-hmm. because it's just that, like, that's, I mean, I wouldn't do comedy shows either, but there are people right. doing comedy shows and I'm like, that's going to be the worst audience <laughs> is up. in the world. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> why would you want to perform for the kind of asshole who in a global pandemic is like, let's go to the fucking funny farm. Like, yeah. that, like, no, you watch me destroy this guy before yeah. COVID does. Oh, you think you're funny? You know? <laughs> I risked my wife's grandmother's life for this. <laughs> <laughs> I got sick of the show. My grandma died and that fucking guy wasn't even funny. No, like that's oh boy. Yeah. All right. Uh, there is there is a term for indoor diners um by the science community. Um they are considered risk tolerant individuals. Oh. Right, where they're like, yeah, I don't care. I'll take the risk. And it's people like that who probably also drunk drive. Um, you know, uh, can we call get, them get, logic get, intolerant? Instead? Logic intolerant. They probably get like Groupons for facelifts. Um, I think you we should call it. them DGAFs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't yeah. give a fucks. Like, for sure. For I just, I'm still really sure. struggling with it all. Like, I'm very excited to, you know, get back out. I get back out there in my own way. But, um, you know, it's still going to be outdoors for me for a long while. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But, like, I had a little bit of a moment. My local coffee shop and eatery that's made it this entire time. It's They're called Lemon Poppy. They've made it. And I just really am struggling to not be the, you know, the social justice pandemic police but so they you order from one door and then you move away from it and they open a door further down on their storefront for your pickup table so that Mm -hmm. you can kind of get a nice flow going and they're not opening their outdoor patio seating um, until noon every day just because they're so busy and I think they can't have anyone to sort of just make sure people are complying and whatever so I don't know what the reasoning is behind it it's not There's no designated outdoor eating until noon. And so these two people ordered full on breakfast, but then got pastries and coffee in the meantime, and then just sat down on the cement next to the pickup table, like, you know, legs crossed, opened up their containers, pulled down their masks and started munching, eating and arguing with one another, maskless, like yelling. And I'm like, I went to them. I was like, I'm, can you give me my pick up through this front door because this is crazy and I'm like I know you don't want to because I was like hey do you see that and they they all looked like we don't want to fight someone today like they rolled their eyes I was just like I I'm I won't make them go you don't have to make them go but please just give me my coffee through this door if you don't mind because that is just like I I don't that's the part that I don't understand is like you're not allowed to be masked outdoors unless you are in that designated eating area and I, right. I i just felt so bad i could tell they did not want to fight fucking customers that well, day i think even a year in you have people who are like well if you're scared just ba- i don't I, this is the only voice i do by the way um, <laughs> i love it yeah. Yeah, I- if you're scared how about you back away i'm not afraid and i'm like no I- i'm not concerned about you <laughs> And frankly, I'm not that concerned about me either, but you're spreading this to God knows who and mutating this thing because you're just like, I want to eat right here. It's like, just go home. 
It, yeah, or it's just, sit in your car. Your car's right there. I just or someone in a, else's car. Break into a car. Anything. I'd yeah. rather do that. Yeah. There is definitely a moment where we like, and, and then we'll we'll get moving, but uh, to another headline. But like, where uh, I, it was an outdoor like ordering situation. Same thing. Dude rolls up, no mask, and on his phone at the same time had like his girl on speaker. And was like blah 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 with her trying to order without a mask on, and I was just like, I gotta go home now and never leave the house again. So there, there are the days that I want to fight, and there are the days where I silently say, "I'm really sorry, it's not your fault, but you just lost a customer today." Like I know yeah. it's not the venue's fault, but I'm like, I just don't want to start a thing, so I'm just gonna go. Well, speaking of starting a thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah segue. <laughs> Uh, also talking about a risk tolerant DGAF. Um, <laughs> so we we found this article about a woman that's now going viral on TikTok for her Dunkin' Donuts freak out. Um, there's this great TikTok of a woman, and I couldn't get the um the city or the state. It just says Dunkin' Donuts, but let's for the purpose of this show place it in New England just to make Ken happy, because um, New England runs on dunks. And she is in the Dunkin' Donuts berating and screaming at the customers, or not the customers, excuse me, the uh, the counter employees when they give her her dozen donuts. And she's like, more, you put more in that. Yeah. A dozen is 50. Five all equals a dozen. <laughs> and she was adamant asking if they knew how much was in a dozen. Are they math stupid? So on and so forth. And they're just like, ma'am, like they didn't even know what to do. They're being donut like gaslit about donuts. Well, there's there's a mentality here that is specifically a Dunkin Donuts. And it's people who go in and they it's immediately adversarial where they're like, they're going to try to screw me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And everything, like any mistake is the person screwing you. They'll be like, I ordered four iced coffees and they gave me four. But one of them had three sugars instead of four because they screwed me. <laughs> and you're like, no, that you. And so there's like this weird thing where they go in and, and immediately are like, you better not screw me. I know what you do. I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, you know, I run on Duncan. I don't get yeah. screwed by Duncan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I was in a, a Dunkin' Donuts when I used to live in Somerville and this woman in line in front of me ordered like the most complicated order I've ever heard in my life. Cause people order like anything like, that you, it's not even a joke. They'll literally I've heard someone be like, I want an iced coffee in a plastic, in a styrofoam with four melted sugars and a Splenda with a little bit of milk and then a little bit of cream. And then, I like, want a Boston cream. I want you to take a straw, suck half the cream out, spit in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's that complicated. So this woman goes, all right, here's the order. I want five coffees. They're all the same. The first one has three Splendas and one sugar. The second one has half it. And they were all totally different, right? And super complicated. So then the person repeats it back and got like one thing wrong. And she's like, oh, and then like back and forth till the guy gets it. So the it's guy, like the who's on first yeah. of coffees. Yeah. So then the guy starts making it and she turns around to me and goes, can you believe these people? And then I went, I, I said this, I went, oh, I, the problem is you don't know what the same means. And then she, she, I, I won't say what she called me, but it was an F word. Um, because apparently that is obviously the next 
leap in logic you'd make when I'm like, it, oh no, you you're an asshole. Like that's the problem. I, that is one of my favorite things is when terrible customers or people who are freaking out about a line when like lines it, like the lines nothing like it just is what it is, and they love to turn around and go. <laughs> Fuck this place, right? Fuck these employees, right? And then they don't know. They're talking to an undercover special agent <laughs> yeah. who has worked in every customer service. And I just stare at them. I go, I don't know what you're freaking about. Like, I love letting the air out of that fucking balloon. Oh, yeah. And they like, they like make like a weird, and they just, they're looking for any yeah. port in the storm. To Who's with me, with right? Not Who's me. with me? We nope. stand over here. We're the yeah. blue team. I have the conk. You know, it's just... Did I tell you guys the story before when I was in the North End and that guy had a freak out because they ran out of Arancinis, but it was like a whole big thing? Oh, no. so okay. it's this rest. There's this amazing restaurant in the North End in Boston called Cafe Umberto, and it's one of those places where they're like, "Hey, we make it a food, and then when we're out, we close down for the day." You know, that's like they don't have hours. It's like some days it's eleven to two, yeah. whatever. So we're waiting in this long line. And there's this guy in front of us, and he's like a total old Italian guy, tracksuit, big mustache. And then there's this kind of like yuppie-ish couple in front of him. And we're in line for a while, so he's like, you guys ever been here before? And they're like, no, we just, we saw it on TV. And he goes, all right, you got to get an arancini. They're the best. The rice balls. These rice balls are the best frigate. And he's going on and on and on. So they get up to the counter and they're like, okay, and we'll have uh, those rice balls. And then the guy goes, rice balls out of rice balls. And then the guy who told him to order it, he punched his hand the hardest I've ever seen anyone hit themselves. And he goes, God damn it, son of a bitch. Because <laughs> he, he told him to order them. And then everyone stopped talking. It was like a needle scratch point. And he looks at the whole restaurant and he goes, I, I just really like them. <laughs> and so and this couple was terrified they're like do you want we don't we we just got them you can no i don't want them i don't you eat them and it was like it was very he awkward. was like he was like so humiliated and like embarrassed i'm so embarrassed but i must punch i can't just like oh ah oops then he punches his, his fist or he punches his hand again he goes god i hate being embarrassed yeah yeah, yeah i hate yeah, being yeah. embarrassed in public i've now made I'm going this into a shame spiral. <laughs> I've made this situation for myself. <laughs> my life is a hell of my own making. It's true. Yeah. Oh, so that, that catchphrase gets said in our house a lot. If anyone gets really mad and there's like a silence, we'll be like, I, I just really like them. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Next headline. Uh, this is really fun from Thrillist. Uh, to go cocktails might be a permanent thing going forward in the whole country. Um, and I obviously knew this, but go cups, you know, to go cocktails, but go cups specifically is what they're called in New Orleans. It is Mardi Gras week. This is very like on point. Um, the were actually taken away when COVID upticked, especially last year during Mardi Gras when shit was crazy. Remember seeing that? Um, they took the go cup privileges away, have like kind of loosened up on them like a little bit here and there. But here we are back Mardi Gras week and like bars are closed this week. Like right. go yeah. cups are no, 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 not happening. But 
the rest of the country that has embraced, as we know, like since COVID started, like the to-go cocktail, these are definitely like fixtures in place that are going to be permanent now. Same with like alfresco dining in LA, like little things that are now going to be like permanent, like landscape fixtures um, through the industry. But the very cool thing, especially like doing research on this article, um, there is a book called Bourbon Street, A History on Go Cups, right? Mm-hmm. So they were a result of enterprising club owners who in 1967 sought to solve their biggest challenge. Instead of convincing people outside to buy the drinks inside, why not sell inside drinks to outside people? Um, and that was right. Uh, so then it like started, it changed, and that that like changed the entire like like landscape of of New Orleans as being like this crazy tourist destination where you can like go to a window and get a fucking disgusting daiquiri, you know, and you put your brains out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. And molded cups. Um, Obviously we know that like there's like penises and fish and all sorts of like fish bowls. And some of the cups even have neck straps on them. Have you seen this? It's like a feed bag. Hell yeah. yeah. It's like a baby Bjorn for booze. Yeah. Just like, you know, (laughs) neck, neck, like straw movement. I don't know. (laughs) So, I mean, this is not happening in the rest of the country, um, but it's really fun that bars now who may have been um, turned a blind eye to when it comes to being able to create revenue or getting like PPE loans, things like that are now able to kind of put their stamp and their signature mm-hmm. uh, cocktails on what what kind of vessel they want, what kind of cocktail they want to give people to go. And now you can be like, I was thinking specifically like when bars are being able to be back open, like I, I feel like maybe I'll go for one and be like, hey, I got to get the fuck out of here, you know, or there might be rules to be like, you can have two, then you got to go. But it will be nice to be like, I'll have one and then I can get one or two to go. There's well. something also I'm a window shopper. I'm an impulse buyer <laughs> and I love the idea that I'll just be like teeter tottering down Hillhurst Avenue or somewhere or Sunset Boulevard and just be like, yeah, I bought a new uh, tank top and I've also got a pina colada and I'm now mobile and drinking and they're not going to be able to really stop that. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm got a blouse, and do you guys sell straps for cocktails here as well? <laughs> I need you tied pen. Um, I first of all, I wish I had to go cups for my family growing up because they it would have solved a lot of problems if I could be like just take this and leave. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can't do the to goes in Massachusetts, but a lot of the places are doing like everything but the booze drinks. So sure. you'll like add it yourself later, okay. which I kind of love because as a non-drinker, yes, uh, it means I don't have to order virgin stuff. I could just order the regular thing and then just not add the boost later. Totally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm I'm into the you know. This is also a great thing for the socially awkward who's like, I did it. I made it. I had one drink in public, and now I'm going to take two for home so I can <laughs> go be an introvert and get drunk the way I like to. Um, well, should we jump into our server submitted stories? <laughs> All right, first one. You're up, Ken. I'm up. Hello, lovelies. Just wanted to reach. That was I didn't say that. That was written. Uh, just wanted to reach out and say thank you for the amazing podcast. I found you through the LPN boys, and yours has quickly become my favorite show on the network. Oh, uh, hi. Uh, Tooting a tiny horn. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like a, yeah, like a little fart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I worked, that's like a sad fart, which is like, like you had saved it up and then the person was like, I already got one. And then you're like, oh, but if you put a trumpet on it, you <laughs> That's know. Right. Uh. I have worked in restaurants and bars for almost 20 years, holding every title within except chef. Right now, I am the general manager of a pizza chain, call it Pizza Butt, <laughs> while training to be a district manager. Your tales remind me of the most fun years of my job, and I've been trying to coax myself to share a couple stories acquired through the years. So here goes nothing. I'll start with one from my time as a beer maiden. <laughs> Already great. Uh, one busy weekend night, about a month or two into my time at the local German beer house, I had decided, that's how it's spelled, beer house, I had decided to dress cute for my shift. I have self-confidence issues, so when I feel good, I try and go all out to encourage myself to keep up the feeling. This particular night, I was in a cute pinstripe miniskirt, our short-sleeved uniform shirt, and little black flats because comfort was key. I had the front section as the second phase and were serving a group of six, their boots and steins, when out of the corner of my eye, I see a guy running at me. Before I could react, he had reached me and I felt a telltale sharpness of a large, broad hand as it slapped my ass. I was livid instantly. Uh, I'm a small girl, always have been, and this guy stood an easy six feet tall, stupid grin on his face, glazed eyes, and half-consumed leader of German goodness clamped comfortably in his other fist. He winked, I snapped. Without thought and in front of my very shocked table, I ripped the beer out of his hand, slammed it on their table, and grabbed the back of this jackass's collar. Despite my size and his protests, I went full-on Hulk and marched this man past the door girl and the bouncer to the front door and pushed him with all my small might, my small Bill 5 body could muster, he went through headfirst easily. Remember, I'd been there mere months, but I whipped around to the bouncer, stuck a very angry finger at him and the door girl, and spat, that fucker does not set one more foot inside this building, understood? surprised and i would later find out impressed the bouncer agreed with a quick yes ma'am and i stood straight brushed out my miniskirt and returned to my table funny enough that table tipped very well but left quickly <laughs> and the bouncer never questioned when i bounced someone in the next four years i was there i suppose throwing on a man twice my size is a good way to make an impression thanks again for all you do for all the laughs and memories and if you ever want more stories let me know i have another one up my sleeve about the time i was made an ass of myself in front of a table of southern baptist ladies fresh out of church if yes. you'd like yes yeah 100 yes, please yeah, yes, obviously yes until then godspeed and good tips <laughs> cat oh yes cat yes yeah fuck that guy also it was awkward when he smacked your ass anything that would have happened after that man smacked your ass like the takedown you did obviously is gold any single thing would have been awkward enough for that table to be like okay we should leave i'm like tip tip her well let's go you know yeah i don't think they were afraid of her i think they were just embarrassed that that guy uh, yeah. existed yeah and then he got a 86 from the bar for life so yeah. way to go you drunk boot sipping idiot yeah, Dude, I just... yeah. As someone who has worked at a German restaurant, and like the amount of alcohol you're allowed to consume, where you're just like, yes, I would like a liter of beer. That is a huge undertaking. And boots are like two liters. 
theaters. Yeah. And, and you like everybody basically like chugs them around a table until the fun game of whoever gets the air pocket splashed on their face happens and then they just order more. It's disgusting. So as a non-drinker, <laughs> here's my question. That can't be enjoyable, right? Like, that's not like, oh, this is nice beer. That's just kind of like get me drunk as fast as possible, right? Yeah, it's a game that you have to suffer through, right? So, like, the key, and have you, do you know what I'm talking about with the boot and the air Oh, pocket? I know the boot, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a contest. That's all it is. So you suffer through it in hopes to see someone, like, get completely, like, log rides splashed in the face with beer. Presumably um, only men do this. Uh, no. no. No, really? <laughs> really? No. When I worked at the German restaurant, I was, you know, 21. We'd pass around boots at the end of the night, all the employees, because it was like so fun. And these are not actual boots. They're glasses shaped like boots. They're glasses shaped like boots. So, and again, and because of it, most places, they're expensive. You have to put down like a $100 deposit to even be able to play this game. Oh, it's like a sanctioned game. Yeah, well, or be able to order a boot. Like, in order to, like, if you want beer to come in a boot, there's a deposit fee that is that happens, as I'm yeah. sure this beer hall has. See, I feel like that is the point where 99 out of 100 people would go, oh, no, what was I thinking? No, forget it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. People do it. <laughs> they're like, you can do that. You have to put down a $100 deposit. That's that one second where they go, oh, thank you. No. Oh, yeah, geez. it's like if you break it, you buy it situation, you know? So, yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's one of those glasswares that is not as disposable as most of them. You mean a, a typical pint glass? Correct. Correct. Um, well, Kat, you're a strong and feisty badass. I think also we underestimate short people because when you're lower to the ground, you've got more torque. It can yep. be surprising. Yeah. You know, not to mention she's slinging huge glasses of beer all the time. So she's fucking ripped probably yeah. because and, of it. And she had the element of surprise on her side. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. When in doubt. Charge at them. Okay, that's our server advice. Um, one more story before we get into the topic of the day. Uh, this is... Oh, okay, okay. Let's not ruin it. Okay, starts off. Hello, all. I thought I'd share a sweet little story this time. Are you guys ready for sweet things? Okay. In my early 20s, I worked on a fine dining boat at Navy Pier, the Odyssey. This was a unique serving experience in that you only had four tables and they were your tables for the next four hours while you went on a cruise around Lake Michigan. This gave you ample time to get to know these people and it was often in your best interest and your wallets to do so. It was my senior year at DePaul and my grandfather had just passed away. This particular day, my section included an older gentleman who reminded me so much of my grandfather, it was scary. They were both the kind of men who liked raunchy jokes, cheap beer, and a good laugh. And this particular man thought I was hilarious. I told him how much he reminded me of my recently deceased grandfather and how my grandpa had taught me everything I know. Four hours later, we were saying our goodbyes, and the older gentleman handed me my server book back with my tip in it. He looked me in the eye and said, I'm going to give you this on one condition. You must wait until we were back on the pier before you open it. I agreed and gave him a hug goodbye. True to my word, I waited. 
When I opened, there was a note inside that said, you are a delightful young woman who has great things coming her way. Congratulations on your graduation. And I know if your grandpa was here, he'd have done this for you, along with five $100 bills. (laughs) I know, right? I cried. His kindness is still remembered all these years later. Godspeed and good tips, Sarah. God damn it. I'm misty. Brian's misty. I <laughs> Now I'm wondering just how you would bounce somebody in that situation, though. <laughs> off, a, off a boat. <laughs> it's maritime law out here, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I yeah, that's a, I've been on the Odyssey cruises in oh, Chicago. Oh, cool. Um, so it is. You do. You're pretty much just stuck with the same people over and over. Um, uh, mine was a work party event. We don't have to get into it. Yeah, it was I've been on a fun, boat but... work party. They're the worst. I'd never go on another one again. I'm like, I don't want to be at a party. I can't physically. <laughs> yeah, you leave. can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> they see you like trying to pry the dinghy off the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I fell. I just fell right off. So I figured I'd go home. <laughs> the Coast Guard shows up to like take you take you home. You're like, what? I had to go. I need a ride. Yeah. You guys good? We good? Can I hop on? Because oh, my yeah. move at all parties, especially work ones, is I wait three drinks, not for me, for everyone else, which is when everyone stops paying attention to anything other than themselves right. and then just leave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as we're just we're going straight for the shitty part, Sarah obviously got the good part of it. And, you know, and I actually do know people who worked on the boats for like every summer they would do it and found it to be a delightful experience. That's amazing. That's yeah. not. Yeah. Love that. When you meet other kindred grandparent figures who, you know, maybe maybe he never had a granddaughter and, you know, you fulfill the need in his life as well. So that maybe. is yeah. sweet. Sweet story that ends with five hundred dollar, five hundred dollars in your pocket. Yeah, maybe you had yeah. to get rid of that money quick because it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was like a Wonder Woman two scenario, and she manifested her grandfather in somebody else's meat suit. You know, yeah. spoiler alert. Fuck that movie. I don't care. You know, I don't. Not really. It's just. Well, it there is that matter. scene where Gal Gadot gets five hundred dollars in cash, and it's oh yeah, from- <laughs> it's pretty moving. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. All right, you guys, you can send any and all stories to us, sideworkpod at gmail.com. Thanks as always. Let's get into the topic of the day. Oh, I've wanted to do this for a while, Brooke. Today I we're going to cover buffets and all you can eat or, you know, ace as you might see it. <laughs> <laughs> written written out um so here's the thing like are these food traps the ultimate restaurant mind fuck of the industry they they might be you guys and here's why um we'll get into some history first so mental floss which i i'm always like oh well how fun to have a mental floss like article i feel so smart um <laughs> just some history so sweden and france were the first countries to formalize the buffet concept uh the smorgasbord originated as a way to feed hungry out-of-towners who would pop up unexpectedly, right? So starting with bread and butter and then like a bread and butter board and then it grew to like several courses of salted fish, meat, eggs, boiled cold cuts, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I went to Norway and those fuckers do it right. It was a beautiful situation. It was like the best breakfast of my life. Um, French adopted a more refined uh, part of it by having lavish buffets. Um, And then in 1939, the World's Fair in New York 
it took a little bit of a an implant there and that's where everybody kind of like caught on to the buffet style model um so the man credited with creating the first all-you-can-eat buffet didn't have a smorgasbord in mind he just wanted to keep his gambling customers happy so basically uh herb mcdonald no relation (laughs) made his way down south to vegas from canada where he worked as a public publicist for one of the first hotels on the strip and the story goes that one night in the mid 1940s he wandered back into the kitchen brought out some cold cuts meats bread spread them out along for hungry customers and that was a hit and hence the all you can eat 24-hour buffet in vegas was born Gross and in cut to gross. <laughs> yeah, cut to my chihuahua gagging right as you said that. Yeah, like that. <laughs> so first of all, can we all agree that buffets are never coming back, right? After no, COVID? I no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think like even people I know who like love buffets, like when COVID hit, they they're all like, "What the hell were we thinking?" Yeah. Like it instantly made everyone go like, "Why? What were we doing?" Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and even like jumping ahead, they're they weren't the cleanest places to begin with. You no. know, right? I As, mean, they're contamination stations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's funny because it's like to me, buffets also sort of harken back to medieval times when a king would put a bounty upon his table and you all could eat pheasant and grapes and weird figs and I don't know what else but it's <laughs> it's just figs opu- stuffed in other things exactly figs stuffed in herring I don't stomachs stuffed with intestines yeah. yes uh, everything yes. but just this sort of lavish lifestyle comes down to like the common man if you will right you know and and obviously with these entrepreneurial people in las vegas who just want to keep you in there gambling and trying to lose your shirt um nothing you know it just nothing feels so good as when you just put your deed for your house on the table lost it and you got a stomach full of a cold crab salad (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also like a challenge, too, because just calling it all you can eat is implying that you're telling me all I can eat. And I'm like, oh, really? And because there's a place in uh, Charlestown, Rhode Island, and it's called the Norse House or the Nordic Lodge or something like that. And it's like the the fancy buffet place in New England because they have lobsters, whole lobsters and a Haagen-Dazs bar. But it's every time people are like, I'm going to fucking go there and I'm going to eat like 2,500 fucking lobsters (laughs) and they're going to be out of business because I can eat. And it's like, just go get lobster somewhere like i think it's yeah. like 40 or 50 dollars to get in you know you're not going to eat enough food to pay for what you paid for it but probably you're going to try not. probably not and like we're gonna we're gonna get into that part too where it's like how are these profitable but i feel like the new england version of these people are the donkey people who are like you trying to screw me 
Yeah. These are like the same people. Well, and all of this like super swarmy buffet across all 50 states really became popular in the 1980s when access was rampant, man. And everybody was like, yeah, give me more of this. I want this. Um, And buffets tended to be tended uh, geared toward larger families, traveling businessmen, people on fucking cruise ships, all inclusive like retreats. This is where you're going to see all of this grossness and then you're seeing like commercials like this is where like the sizzlers take coming well, into right. play because they became, yeah. they became corporate chains buffet yeah. style corporate restaurants mm-hmm. we don't need Which, servers really i'm curious about how buffets overlap with salad bars oh okay well they're they're, they're one in the same so first of all i want to say that any any sort of food bar that had a sneeze guard pre-covid is telling me something <laughs> But like, this is a gross place to be. Um, I love salad bars, as Brooke knows. Um, I, I miss feel the like Wendy's you, potato bar. Oh yeah, right. I feel like when you get a buffet, there's always a salad bar included, right? So yeah. there's places that are just standalone salad bars, and it's just a buffet of sorts. Um, I think for sure. And you know, we're talking about like Americans ruining everything. Is what Brooke. <laughs> Us here that like people want to do all you can eat they want to save money and they want to stuff as much like food into their gullets as they can while thinking they were like saving money at the same time and getting a good deal but like really they're not and like that's kind of where the mind fuck of it um all comes into play well i think like the larger picture too is that like it's just not a sustain and it's proving to not be a sustainable business model in the sense that not only is it causing so much food waste and very little profit for the business itself is that it's like good for you you managed to gorge yourself for one meal for one day like what did you really accomplish it's not going to sustain you for the fucking week you feel horrible probably have to go take a nap Uh, Um, instant diarrhea for sure yeah but that's just making room as long as you don't leave the food area (laughs) you can fill back up i'm surprised there aren't spittoriums at more buffets guys oh well that used to be the thing um but right, like, but a lot of the psychology when these really became, you know, the the cuisine of the moment in the eighties, is you know the nicer places could be like, well, you you could just order an entree off of our menu, but nobody or, does that. You you could be a fucking garbage person and hit the buffet. Yeah, to um, imply that all the buffet food is of the quality of the menu items. Exactly. So they're like, well, th- but the buffet is. It's pretty much everything on the menu when it's But not. it's overwhelming, so it's exciting to think that you can get anything you want, right? I've I've um, found that a lot of people are very excited about the mix. Like, now we have a lot of, like, fusion foods where you can mm-hmm. have, like, pizza and Chinese food. But at the buffets, be like, I'm having a roast turkey dinner and sushi. Like, it was people <laughs> being like, I've mixed these things. Like, that do, was a big thing. What do we call those people? Globetrotters? I think yeah. so. <laughs> I'm going to go well, they definitely trot. Because they get the trots from yep. all the things. That's very Oops. funny. I love this. So, yes, people think they're, they're saving money and buffets are cheap and cutting costs that way. But like in reality, like these restaurants and and the buffet style restaurants in order to keep costs down, they cut service. Right. Like they're they're not paying. They're they're understaffed more. There's less people in the kitchen. There are certainly less servers on the floor. And from a server's perspective, uh, and this is just 
how I feel. And I think you guys will too. Like you're doing more jobs than you even would just because you're not physically delivering food to the table. You're still greeting. You're still fucking taking a drink order. You're explaining the buffet. You're probably also in charge of replenishing. You probably have a bigger section. Like it's a lot of work. The side side work has to be just hellish. And yeah. you're probably also taking the place of a buster where you have to keep getting clean plates and taking away their last plate of slop that they yeah. threw together. Although I read an article that said like purposely, like they let the plate stack up. To so shame you into getting the so fuck out of there. Correct. To be like, uh, look, look what you've done, you <laughs> fucking pig. You know, like. <laughs> look at yourself. Sit look your at yourself. <laughs> You just all you do is show up with a mirror like Jerome from the time. Yeah. You just go over to the table and go, take a look. You're done. So what gets my fucking goat about this is that like the perspective of diners think they don't have to tip servers at buffets. Because right. they think, what did what did they do for me? I got my own food. <laughs> See, I didn't know. I I I had to go to Reno last year for a, a gig. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I know. Sorry. I'd never been and I don't need to go again. And I was like, Reno's like the 80s in a bad way. Um, and uh, side note, the first night I was there, I did a show. It was me, Jimmy J.J. Walker and the unknown comic. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That was the lineup. Um, but That's incredible. Uh, yeah. It was, wow. It was pretty great. Um, but I they gave me like a pass to go to the buffet because they put me up in the casino and I didn't know I was like do I tip the well, first I didn't know how much it cost because I got a pass right. so I was like what do I even and I had to ask somebody or was googling it and I'm like I have no idea what to do it was stressful well, yeah because Andrea was saying too that like especially in Vegas um, you know or, or where you're at in Reno um, that a lot of people come in pre prepaying so that they yeah. can wander around without their wallets maybe no purse no money on them and so this is like definitely a big misstep that that some gratuity is not automatically rolled in I know that some places do that in advance to make sure like if you're going on a cruise or whatever yeah, resort same way yeah right. But for someone like you, where you were like, hey, I'm just trying to get a bite before my show. And the way this business model breaks down, it leaves you in a weird spot where you're like, I don't have cash and I don't know where an ATM yeah. is. And I can't like, yeah, because normally I just put the tip on the card and I'm like, can I just tip you with exactly. this? Exactly. <laughs> totally. I think this is a good reason to like always have cash on you, especially if you're on a cruise, especially if you're at a oh. resort. Like you need to be putting money down, even if it's as simple as being at a hotel where there's an omelet station. But if someone still clearing your plates and getting you coffee leave fucking five dollars on the table you know absolutely absolutely um, um andrea I, I was reading a different atlantic article that yeah. had like teased the idea that how buffets run and make their money is shrouded in secrecy which is <laughs> a terrible sentence to read um, but basically like, like you you go up to see it like the real truth and they lift up the chafing dish yeah. and steam goes everywhere and you can't see through it. Someone yeah, takes no. your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's reported that hard numbers about profit margins are extremely hard to come by. And many businesses are scared that you'll want to talk health health safety um, or where they get their raw materials from and at what 
price, this information is regarded as trade secrets. Wow. What kind of dumpster are you getting this? I mean, it it makes sense to have it in a casino because it's a loss leader. Yes. Right, right, right. It's not built to make money. But yeah, like old country buffet in those places. I'm like, you're you've taken the thing from the casino that people are kind of like, yeah, it's okay, And you're like, just that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's happening is you're pairing high ticket items with low ticket items, right? Yes. So something like a seafood, something like a prime rib, those are going to be high ticket. But then you're getting like salads and like Jello. Ca- carby shit that's really like low end, like bargain bottom price point, you know, cheap fillers. A lot and of that's free bean salad. Yeah. Yep. And that's how they get you is that fucking huge, these huge piles of mac and cheese and pota- mashed potatoes and shit. Like they want you to fill up on that and mm-hmm. not like the expensive stuff. You know what I love? And it, <laughs> it gives you the the feeling of a buffet, but with the quality of not a buffet are those cafe type places where you have a tray and you put stuff on your tray and you get charged for everything. Oh, yeah. But like a Just gr- like Greek diners are sometimes like that where they'll have like homemade pie in the case and give me uh, one of those meals, you know, and then they, yeah, br- yeah. they tally or it all up. Yes, or Ikea. Same. That, that's fun. And also seems like it doesn't have all the the uh, the pitfalls of a buffet. But it still, in a way, is like buffet style. Yes, you're paying like it's still like a choose your own adventure situation. Right. And and, and I think when you're going and pulling from cafeteria, it's one thing. I also have like dim sum on here, which is kind of the same thing. Right. Yeah. Because I don't like, know what anything is. Oh, well, they were <laughs> so funny. They were also saying that one of the like the the next level of cutting costs and corners um, is that Korean barbecue places, you then fucking cook your own food so right. they don't have to pay for actual cooks. It's people who come in and just prep. prep. Yeah. That's it. It's just prep, you know? Uh, there was uh, a really weird, uh, it wasn't quite a chain. There was three of them, I think, in, in New England called Fire and Ice. And they called oh it God. an improvisational grill. And so what it was, was it was like, can I get two suggestions? Yes. Please? yes. Like- I need a location and a, and a protein. Um, but it was, it was like a buffet of raw ingredients and you would put them all in a bowl and then be like, cook it. And then they'd cook it for you. And then that's like a Mongolian grill kind of, but it was all you could eat too. So it was, yeah, it was just like, Mm -hmm. it was like a raw buffet that they cook. And it, I, it was the dumbest thing. The food never came out good because you're not a chef. And so you're like, Oh, this sauce. Sure. But everyone I know loved it. They're like, let's go to fire and ice. It's great. And I'm like, no, I want to eat. Like I'll cook at home. If I'm going to do that, like that's the Uh, supermarket. You pick out raw ingredients. So all of this is like leaning toward like the big one of the big things of buffets is food waste. Right. Yes. Which is a humongous thing. Uh, New York Times article uh, that came out basically trying to downsize food waste. Um, You know, to nobody's surprise, 
the U.S. generates 63 million tons of food waste annually, uh, which is an estimated cost of $218 billion. And um, uh, people go hungry in this country, which is correct. just like, what yep. in the... Especially right now. So what's happening is Hyatt uh, Regency is teaming with Idio, this like amazing global design firm that's created like Apple's first mouse and like Ikea's kitchen of the future. They're studying the facets of buffet life, um, including food prep and presentation and then eating patterns at the same time. So what's basically happening now is less foods being prepared. Um, There is going to be like single serving portions instead of troughs of food. Right. Um, Smaller plates are are a big thing right now. And and this happened in Norway when I was there at the smorgasbord was basically like signs that like politely say don't take more than you need well right and people were trying to use you know at like a sizzler or somewhere else they try and use language that's not all you can eat they use the psychology of saying all you care to eat right (laughs) right and this is like this is hardcore and it for hotels specifically to to really latch onto because when there's not full troughs of food for eyes to feast their guests on, it's like they've lost, right? Because they're supposed to impress the client, impress the customer, their guests. So they're really trying to change it, which I think is great. But also um, a sizable amount of waste comes from coffee and juices as oh, well. That's, that's so, ugh, it's all so upsetting and gross. And yeah, I was reading the stats that generally buffets will waste or throw out anywhere from five to 25 percent of what has been prepared and only 10 to 15 percent of the leftovers can be donated or repurposed exactly depending on the state yeah i i saw an ad for this app called too good to go have you seen that Ooh, okay. No. no, it's so I literally just I remember seeing an ad for it, so I I just pulled it up on my phone. But it's it's an app where you can buy restaurant food waste at the end of the day. Oh, at like a discount. Huh. Um, but I haven't checked it out. But I, it, it sounds it sounds kind of like the perfect solution to that sort of thing. Hey, I like Aliadale Donut. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm, totally. Sometimes it's better if it sits overnight, depending yeah. on what it is. I think that's great. Um, I haven't talked about this yet much, but there's a catering reality show on HBO Max about Wolfgang Puck catering specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have boxes because they're such a well-oiled machine. Um, that any waste they have at the end of the night, they have specific boxes for LA food missions that they pack up and then it goes straight to them. Absolutely. Um, so these are great practices that. Can can be adopted um, it, when it comes to more catering. Obviously, we'll see how that goes in the future with that and buffets. But there's better ways to do things. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so this place uh, this is sort of off topic, but it go- so you pick like I put in my address and it's like, here's a bunch of places near you that do this. And you pick it and it goes out uh, what you could get. It's a surprise when you <laughs> when you buy a bag, it will be filled with the delicious food that the store has left at the end of the day. And it's three bucks. And so huh. you go at 7.15 and they have a bag of stuff for you from the... <laughs> okay. Interesting. I mean, for people who are on budgets yeah. and like, yeah. and, you know, I think it's a great option. And it's, le- it's, it's less, it's less waste for the restaurant to have to like throw into a fucking landfill. You know, I think it's, I think it's smart. Absolutely. And to even out costs, I think, in a lot of ways for these restaurants too. 
Yeah, now I'm curious. If it wasn't a global pandemic, I'd sign up for like three of these and go pick them up tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and we can we can talk about to at nausea about like the gross things buffets have on them, like cross contamination and bacteria and yes. food, and people not washing their hands and touching utensils. Blah blah blah. We all know that. We all know what's we, happening. Yeah. We all know that. And now everything the, has now a skin that- on top. Ugh. And like we all now for a year lived with the trigger word droplets. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm good. I'm good with the with the buffet. And like to kind of wrap this up is like the the really specific arm that is not that is like kind of going, we're not a buffet. We dare you to come in here and see how much you can ace this meal. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah. Brazilian, it's like eat, buffet yeah. adjacent, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meat on swords. Oh, completely. This is the all-you-can-eat table service, but it's like, it's not a buffet. It still obviously is drawing the same type of people, the worst kind of people that are fucking campers now, right? The ones that like stay until they get their fill, like filled to the brim, like about to explode, like a fucking Monty Python sketch situation. Yeah. But wait for like their next round too. Like they'll be like, you didn't say how long I can stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge so, accepted. Yeah. Ugh, gross. It's so okay. I don't need to be a part of anything called endless shrimp. Right, but the history of this is so fun. <laughs> Red Lobster, as we know, they have endless seafood, right? Certain do it lent. Today is Ash Wednesday, so it's it has begun. Um, Endless Shrimp's actually a spinoff of a much less profitable pro- profitable promotion the company tried in the early 2000s, Endless Crab. <laughs> Testing the public's ability to eat Endless Crab cost Red Lobster millions and resulted in its then president going getting the boot after a $405.9 million loss in stock value. Wow. I think we know Turns some, comics, out- <laughs> some comics have Endless Crab. <laughs> Turns out you fucking put in some in front of someone's face, they'll eat all the crab you you can give them. Um, hence the switch. Shrimp is cheaper. <laughs> Shrimp is cheaper and more filling. It is so hard to fill up on crab. Yeah, yeah, and guess what else they give you endless baskets of? Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yes. And mm-hmm. I eat one of those and I'm like, I don't think I need eat to eat for the rest of the day. I think I'm okay. Fucking filler. They just ever it's just filler. The best buffet I've ever been to is a place called Putnam Pantry. And it's an ice cream place. And they have Ooh, no. what they call an ice cream smorgasbord. Whoa. And it's toppings bar. And they have uh, an ice cream called the Battle of Bunker Hill. And it's 17 scoops of ice cream, and it costs $17.76. It's a great deal, right? And right. many a night in my most depressive hours did I purchase a Battle of Bunker Hill by myself and put every topping on that bar in there and just <laughs> sit there for hours. And it's fantastic. That's a real Ziggy Piggy Bill and Ted moment yeah. uh, right there. And it also reminds me of a cartoon, like uh, just like scoop, 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 scoop up to the top. Uh, yeah. I so love that. Some of these places that are trying to get a, a hold on uh, food consumption are like things like all you can eat sushi, um, where obviously the rice is a filler, but they have rules implemented there. Whereas like you have to finish what's on your plate before you can order more. They You can only order so many rolls at a time. Or you have to finish what is on your plate or you get charged an extra fee if you want to take it to go. I've every single time I've been to a buffet, literally every time I've seen some asshole 
trying to get it to go. Oh, yeah. Like, Every time, dude. Just a whole meal. Like, no, I'm just to get, get like 10 meals to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there very well could be like families. And I understand large families, people who might be like pressed for like money and going out to eat a big deal, probably bringing their own to go containers with them. Oh, 100%. Because like you also just see it's a real cross section of humans who do the all you can eat Indian lunch buffet too. <gasps> Ooh, That's yum. a wild one. And it's yeah. true. I've done me, that one. But to me, I'm just like, well, this is brilliant because all you can eat is one plate of that stuff. You, It it's is true. just like a brick, a spicy, saucy, curried brick. Potatoey, mm. ricey. <laughs> A little Carb spinach bomb, in there. Mm. And not to mention just like dairy and yeah. Oh yeah. 25 non breads. Yeah, that's when you when you get done eating you're so full, you go, a gee. <laughs> <laughs> I just puked up clarified butter. <laughs> uh, I it's, mean it, it yeah, it's oh well. Ugh. I just think like I, I think there can still be value. We can have higher quality, more equitable eating models where a server doesn't get screwed. A restaurant makes profit and people can fill their stomachs. But this is like the 1.0 version. And I think after a pandemic and having, you know, basically a worldwide and specifically an American hunger crisis happening right now we have to rethink these models as completely wasteful indulgent oh yeah um unsustainable you know there's a european model of this in italy they have what's called apertivo because what we didn't talk about is a lot of these buffets rely on making all their money off beverages alcohol even soda that's how they're turning a profit in italy all the bars have apertivo so what it is is like you're going in and they put a buffet of delicious, like yes. high quality ingredients out for you to snack on while you drink. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Antipasto. Yeah. And and the thing is, though, it's just like, how are they turning a huge profit? Like who is slamming a bunch of Jack and Cokes while they're hitting that buffet line for the fifth time? People like this, I, I don't think they drink. They've got an eating problem you know what i'm saying they're addicted oh for sure buffets not alcohol like these people are like no no no. i'm gonna have a water because i'm about to go enter and compete against myself in an all you can eat competition right and like it's been normalized and like we're told we can do things like this so people like think that just shoving it all in and that's the american way baby well Well, what i prefer i'll be honest is i love to drink all i can and then my mindset goes into the all you can eat um it's two o'clock in the morning that's right. right i'm gonna go terrorize this deli well if you look at the way people look at an open bar you're like guys we got invited this wedding open bar and it's like right. a huge deal but no one's like Access. dude open food i know so Nobody they don't treat does it that. the same way which is weird it's but i've i've had this idea true. my uh my arancini story may be useful <laughs> in that what about a buffet that closes when it runs out of food for the day so they only have a certain amount of like tickets, you know, it's like a, mm-hmm. like a, you make appointments basically. Mm-hmm. And those, those are the people that get in and then, you know, they, they close when they're out of food. And like, if you get a ticket later in the day, it's like a cheaper ticket. Cause there's less options, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you get like the last hour. Usually it's like a $10 ticket where if you're getting their first thing in the morning, it's like a $60 ticket, you know, interesting. No waste. 
interesting business model. Go workshop it and come back to us, Ken. Come back we'll, to we'll us. go from there. You could have you could have guest chefs who would do residencies. We're going to make so much money on this. I love I this. I love it. A lot to think on, but let's I think, you know, I think we've run the gamut. Like, I think we've 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 we've, we've conquered every trough on the buffet that is this episode. Oh, so I'm, I'm so glad we've scratched this itch for you finally, Andrea. I, I thought it was I think it's so fun and weird. I love it. it. Um Ken, what a great we love you so much. I'm so glad you came back on almost almost a, almost a year to the yeah. day. Thank you for having um, me. Um yeah, Always. absolutely. You guys, again, please send us those server submitted stories if you have anything fun to send our um, way related yeah. to topics specifically today or past yeah. did you wait did you wait tables at an all-you-can-eat night um or at a buffet style place we want to hear how that um went money wise we're guessing not great send us in a story <laughs> awesome well brooke you know what we say at the end of every episode uh, godspeed good tips and thanks again ken ken please Check come back out. Team guidance counselor. You know where to find me. I'll be at home. (laughs) In your tent.